I may have spoken a little too soon about counting this team out of the playoffs. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I am your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot more than I anticipated, to be entirely honest. The Flames have just dominated this East Coast road trip, as well as some new rumors uh, from Elliot Friedman and, uh, I guess, more so Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom's camp than anything. And, of course, we will wrap up the show with uh, the upcoming homestand that the Flames have after being out on the East Coast for over a week. But before we dive into all that, please make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, on YouTube as well. We are free 99 across the board, and uh, we're here for you five days a week, Monday through Friday, your team every day. This morning, the new, or the latest episode of 32 Thoughts was released with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, and this episode specifically the flame segment uh that's really all i listened to was a little bit was a lot (laughs) there was a lot of information packed into like maybe 12 minutes and i'm gonna pack all that information into eight minutes but uh no the big one here is jacob markstrom that is the first thing we need to talk about on saturday during the hockey night in canada saturday highlights or headlines rather, Elliot talked about New Jersey and Calgary kind of uh, negotiating with the devil or for Markstrom to the devils. And it was just not happening. And um, it's more of this kind of like awkward dance that they're doing. And the biggest obstacle right now is retention, which I completely understand. Jacob Markstrom is a $6 million cap hit for the next three seasons. So, like, this one, the next one, and the next one. So, there's a lot, and I'm sure the Flames don't want any, you know, dead money on the books. Especially, I mean, the cap is going up, but why retain if you have to sort of deal? And I don't think that this is necessarily a situation we need to be overreacting to or not paying attention to at all. They are still very much negotiating. And it does feel like, based on what I have kind of gathered, it sounds like there are a lot of hands in the pot on this one. And ownership's hands are kind of heavily in on it. And that's why retention, uh, salary retention is the number one obstacle right now. And I I do completely understand. I do. 
And I'm very interested to see what the return would be for Markstrom. There's been players kind of uh, floated around, but Elliot even said like New Jersey's kind of all set right now. Like they have their vision and they have those pieces. So the draft picks aren't, you know, pivotal pieces right now. So they can give those up. But that's all we know for right now. And it looks like he will be starting tonight in at Madison Square Garden. And it also looks like Noah Hannafin will also be skating tonight. I mean, as he should, he's been playing very well. Uh, looks great for him. There, <laughs> Elliot confirms what everyone else has already thought. There is no update on that front. And that's that. Um, I don't really think we will have an update. I figured by the end of the week, like on Friday, we would have known. And then Elliot even said the same thing, like end of the week, you know, can that, is that Friday, Saturday or Sunday? So we will keep an eye on that. Uh, you either, you feel very strongly about the situation one way or the other. And I'm just here to help everyone process these emotions through this podcast because <laughs> you people really do just want this team to truly go one direction or another. And uh, Chris Tanev will be heading in a different direction. Elliot Friedman confirmed that there have been no contract negotiations with Tanev and that he will be traded. I hate this, but I understand. And Chris Tanev does too. Elliot makes a really strong, uh, puts a really strong emphasis on how this is affecting Chris Tanev. He's driving, this is driving him crazy. And I can understand that. You know, you're just waiting for something to happen. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And nothing, like, there's nothing new to report. There's nothing, like, everybody has to do their job to get this done. And Friedman just goes on to say that it's Tanev's positive attitude that's kind of keeping him level-headed and truly at at bay. So that's good. I'm glad that he is able to kind of focus and still play really well while he is has a million other things going on behind the scenes. I really do feel like Chris Tanev is one of those guys that completely understands that like this is business. This is a business. Things will get done when they get done and there's no it's no hard feelings type of thing which is good you know i i have a lot of respect for chris tanov and what he's done for the flames defense and how much he helped oliver shillington and what he continues to do for the penalty kill and thanks for blocking all those pucks someone's got to do it and then one last thing that i wanted to touch on was they were talking about, you know, all the moving pieces and whatnot. And Elliot Friedman said that he's talked to a few people and it's, everyone is kind of saying the same thing about Elias Lindholm. And this isn't a knock on him by any means. And there's emphasis on that on the show. He was, Lindholm was just in a real funk and a fog all season. 
completely understandable. I think that, you know, once again, you have to look at the human element of this game. And there there's a lot of heavy decision making that goes on. And I think Craig Conroy really did get lucky when he declined the $9 million a year extension. I think that the universe really, really did Craig Conroy a favor on that one. <laughs> oh boy, that would have aged terribly. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the highlights of this East Coast road trip. And it has been an absolute delight watching this team uh, at a normal hour. And when they're just playing the best hockey that they've played. And we'll talk about that right after this. But first, I do want to talk to you about Sleeper. We are past the halfway point in the season, Flames fans, and we have been on an emotional roller coaster. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. The, daily, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McKinnon, McCarr, McDavid or Crosby will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flames fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail those picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts. And, of course, on YouTube, sound off in the comment section what's been your favorite part of this road trip so far. Uh, wraps up tonight against the New York Rangers. My co-host Nick is there, so hopefully they play as well tonight as they did in front of me on Saturday. Can I just say that... I was very concerned with how they they looked the first few shifts on Saturday. I was truly concerned <laughs> that this was going to be a lopsided game in favor of the Islanders. But there are a few shifts and a little bit of line juggling. The Flames did the darn thing. And... For Mackenzie Weger to have a hat trick, and okay, so for him to become the leading scoring def or de defenseman with the most points or goals this season, and to get a hat trick in the same game is great. It just I feel like it does speak to Mackenzie Weger's talents and why he should be potentially 
in the Norris conversation, but I, I feel like a lot of people just kind of write smaller market teams off or players off when it comes to these discussions. Like I haven't heard really anything outside of Calgary for uh, Markstrom for Vesna, uh, Zari for Calder or really weaker for Norris. Like I feel like it's kind of just <laughs> talking in an echo chamber to the Calgary fans and the media there. But I, this is something that like we need to start a dialogue about. He has been absolutely fantastic defensively as well as offensively. I was so impressed with how he played, with the, how the whole team played on Saturday. I think that they passed the eye test. The only line that did kind of give me a little bit of, uh, I, I don't know, they just they didn't look great. And that was that was the Mangiapane, Coleman, and uh, Backland line. I felt like something just felt very off about them. But they led the team in ice time, so maybe it was just me that wasn't seeing everything. And I mean, Coleman did have an empty net goal. That doesn't really count for much. But I do think that that line maybe it was overused. I think it's been used a lot this trip as your top line. And maybe they're adjusting to that. Jacob Markstrom. If that man leaves the crease tonight, we need to put a magnet in his hip pads so he does not leave the crease. He needs to be in there between the points. I do not play the puck. Do not pull a Vitek Vanacek and slide into someone halfway to the neutral. We don't need any of that. He wanted that goalie goal so bad. I don't blame him. But it ultimately cost the Flames another goal. And I don't really think that that's what he wants. So maybe we learned our lesson tonight. And don't do that again. But also Markstrom has a history of just leaving his crease. And I appreciate his dedication to the craft and giving us all anxiety about it. I did really like the fourth line as well with uh, Pelletier, Rooney, and Dewar. I thought that they looked good. I liked that they were getting a lot of ice time. Kevin Rooney was up to 13 minutes, which that's not a Kevin Rooney thing. So it's nice to see that Ryan Huska is giving him the opportunity to go out there. And maybe it is a little bias, but I do think that with Huska being like a fourth line player when he played, he understands and wants to give a little more rope to those guys because he knows what it's like to play for coaches that uh, that don't respect you because you're fourth liners. And there does seem to be a big difference in Rooney and Peltz's uh, confidence, I would say. They both, they're moving with a lot more ease Pelt isn't afraid to shoot. Clearly, Rooney's not afraid to shoot. And he's he's throwing his body around when he has to. So I think it's 
pretty great to see these kind of improvements. And especially when both of them are fresh off of injuries. I was expecting more from the Kadri, uh, Zari, and Pospisil line. But that line was broken up quite a few times. So I think that they all can kind of play wherever in the lineup. Like, they're, it's fine if they're broken up and they're not playing together every single shift. But I'm hoping that we do get to see more of that chemistry again. Uh, Zari almost had a goal pretty early in the game, too, I believe, where he was right, right in the net front presence. And fortunately, it didn't go in, but he... He played well. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he hasn't played well. Um, really like what we're seeing from everyone in that lineup. Jonathan Huberdo had a power play goal in this economy. I had three people text me or DM me and say, and have that same reaction and say, power play goal from Huberdo in this economy. Like, yeah, I guess the economy is booming. Because they have four power play goals in their last four games. And where did this come from? Did they need the all-star break this entire time? Did they need to trade someone that was in a fog for this to happen? What, what was the secret? What unlocked this team? Because I certainly didn't think it was going to be Kuzmenko that just took Huberto to a whole new level. That was not, I don't think it was on anyone's bingo card. But that's fine. We'll take it. And hopefully we get the same energy moving forward. Especially, this team just is so weird because they do play like an equal um, record, I guess, at home and on the ice. But I feel like they are able to string more wins together on the road. I'll have to look into that and see if that's true, but I feel like it, they lose a lot at home, a lot in a row, but they can win a couple in a row on the road. It just balance, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's real interesting, but coming up next, we are going to wrap up the show with some thoughts about the Flames upcoming opponents as they return back to Calgary. But before we do all of that, let's talk about FanDuel. Super Bowl is over, but that does not mean the sports betting stops. FanDuel has so many different sports and options for you to bet on. We've got baseball returning. We have the NBA in full swing. Hockey and so much more. And new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. All you have to do is visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get signed up today. Again, that is fanduel.com slash locked on for new customers to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thanks everyone for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Uh, as always, I appreciate you hanging out with us. We'd love to hear from you in the comments and what your thoughts are on this 
great adventure that the flames are taking us on. It's really another uh, notch in this roller coaster. <laughs> I don't know where we're at in this ride, but I, I don't think we're getting off anytime soon. After this game against the Rangers, the Flames are heading back to Calgary for four games. They will play San Jose, Detroit, Winnipeg, and Boston. San Jose is San Jose. So uh, they did just announce today that Tomas Hurdle is going to miss some time due to a knee procedure that he's having to clean out loose cartilage. Uh, speedy recovery to him. I I know that his name was like thrown out there in terms of players the Flames should potentially trade for. No. Uh well that that's not happening now. So um I really don't know what to expect because I feel like the Flames could get run over or they could steamroll the Sharks. That's just you don't you still don't know what version of the Flames you're getting. And then uh, they are playing against Detroit as well. And I thought that Detroit was kind of going through a little slump. And I appear to be wrong because they are tied with Toronto for the wild card spot. And I reached out to Brian Fisher of Locked on Red Wings. And I I asked him, you know, what, what are Detroit's biggest struggles right now? Because we don't see them a lot. So we need, we need to figure out how the flames can take advantage and manipulate the things to go in their favor. Um, they worry about the, uh, depth defense and generating possession. Cider and Wallman get, get an inordinate amount of difficult assignments and D zone starts to become it starts because the fourth defenders behind them can't handle it. Cider is at 49.9% of his deployments against elite competition, according to Puck IQ, which is about the hardest in the league. They also have trouble possessing the puck and generating shots. They get outshot almost every game, usually by a sizable margin. Thankfully, Moe and Wallman have handled it well, and Lyon has bailed out what they couldn't. And Detroit's offense has insane finishing skill to make up for their lack of shots. So it's kind of the opposite of the Flames there. Uh, they really don't have finishing power, but I do have concerns about, obviously, the Flames going up against a hot goaltender. I think that that is something you always worry about. Um, but if they, if the Flames are able to kind of pester Detroit and, you know, make possession, like if they have the possession majority of the time, I think they'll be fine. I, it does feel like the Flames have kind of decreased in uh, their shooting volume, which is very interesting because it's always been quality or quantity, not quality when it comes to their shots. So they're typically shooting higher, but I want to see how they stack up in that matter because I do feel like the Flames have kind of slipped back a little bit there. Winnipeg has lost five in a row and then they just, they actually just beat the Penguins. Based on what I have seen, it's like they have completely forgotten 
what got them to this point in this season. And they don't, they don't fall back on their systems. They don't fall back into the structure that, you know, helped carry them to success, uh, to get a hot start to the season. And they've just fallen apart. And I, I want to really take advantage of that because I think the Flames could once again really do some, it could do some good for their confidence when it comes to beating a really good team. And of course, they have Sean Monahan, and Sean Monahan should just get a tribute video every time he comes to play at the Saddle Dome. I don't care if it's for the same team. He just deserves it. That team did him so dirty in so many different ways. And then you have the Bruins. The Flames just beat the ever-living lights out of the Bruins in Boston. And it had Bruins fans spiraling. So congratulations. Uh, I think that we can consider that also a win in our in our book. But I never expect the Flames to go on an insane tear of like eight or nine in a row. But it does feel like they could maybe get a few more than what um, than what they're at right now. Obviously, that's going to all depend on how they play against the Rangers tonight, who also have won four in a row, so someone's streak comes to an end tonight. But my one goal for this upcoming 10 days is for them to figure out this Hannafin thing. Like, I feel like I've said that 62,000 times since the start of the season. And that's frustrating. We're all frustrated. And I hate saying, oh, we're owed an answer. By by we, I mean the fans, because, like, we're not owed anything. We aren't. But the people that are making these decisions uh, where to trade him, they, they do. They are owed an answer, and, you know, we're less than a month away from the trade deadline, so it's it, it's got to be coming soon. Again, I feel like this kind of extended homestand would be an interesting time to sign that extension and do all the fanfare and whatnot at home, just from, like, a PR perspective, but... That does it for today's episode of Lockdown Flames, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening or watching. I will be back tomorrow to talk the latest Flames news and whatever else may be coming out of Calgary because it is just that time of year when anything can happen at the drop of a dime. Um, But yes, thank you for hanging out with us. Make sure you are subscribed. Stay safe, stay warm, stay hydrated, be kind, and don't forget to floss.